Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Helix mattresses have been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving your sleep. Everybody is unique and everyone sleeps differently. That's why Helix has several different mattress models to choose from, each designed for specific sleep positions and feel preferences. So how will you know which Helix mattress works best for you and your body? You can take the Helix sleep quiz and find your perfect mattress in under two minutes. And your personalized mattress is shipped straight to your door free of charge. Helix knows there's no better way to test out a new mattress than by sleeping on it in your own home. That's why they offer a 100-night trial and a 10-15 to year warranty to try out your new Helix mattress. Helix is offering 20% off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners. Go to helixsleep.com slash drink. That's helixsleep.com slash drink. This is their best offer yet, and it won't last long. With Helix, better sleep starts now. Christmas, Christmas, shh. I'm talking to myself. Christmas, Christmas, hold on. Christmas time is... Oh, I went in a minor key. Christmas time is here. There we go. Now up an octave. That's the Christmas creepy one. Christmas time is here. That's how you sound like multiple children at once. That's that's the Dolby surround sound my dad thought he purchased from Radio Shack. In 2002, yeah. yeah. <laughs> good times, good times. So, hi, Em. Hi, good. I'm so glad you warmed up before you sang. Um, yeah, that, was... that part wasn't part of it. That was just oh. the warm up exercises. Oh, you just again, yeah, just warming your instrument. I see. Yeah, yeah. You know what the uh. most embarrassing moment of my life is, which is now why I drink. Oh, it's when in high school I took a class called AP Music Theory, and I was just so bad at it. But like, it was an easy class in the mornings, and our teacher would always bring us Starbucks. Uh, lemon iced lemon pound cake so i yeah so i signed up but then we had the ap exam and i don't even know why i took it like i didn't need it for anything but my mom made me take all my ap exams so i went in and there were six of us in the class and my best friend was in the class and then a couple weeks before finals before the ap test she i found out she and my boyfriend were sleeping together in the parking lot of the high school and so she and i didn't speak anymore and so we still sat next to each other in every class And then at the AP exam, the test was that you had to read a bunch of notes on a piece of paper and sing them, like sing the notes, like sing the song. And I cannot sing to save my life, as we all know. And um, I certainly can't just never hear a song and then look at sheet music and sing it. And so I was like, I'll go last because that means nobody else has to like hear me, you know. But it turns out when I went in, everybody else had to stay in the room until everybody had completed the singing test. So she was sitting there right like two feet from me. And I had to just I made up an entire song. I I just went do, 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 do. Like I just made up an entire song and then it ended. My teacher just kind of stared at me and was like, well, I guess that's it. Have a nice life, (laughs) y'all. And I never saw my friend, that friend again. So that was a very mortifying experience. I made up. The notes, I've, 
it I got like a two on the test. It was a terrible day. There's a lot to unpack with that. <laughs> anyway, how are you? <laughs> I almost want us to sit in the silence of that, but I'm I won't I won't allow it. We can't it. sit in silence. That's the one thing we're really bad at. I there were so many spaces for commentary and I was like, I'm just gonna let it <laughs> let I'm just gonna ride out. I'm gonna let it simmer and play out as it needs to because that uh, just casually throwing in the uh, the affairs, oh, you know, and the worst. Oh my god, she was also dating the the other guy in our class. So she, so he was pissed at her because she was sleeping with another dude, and I was pissed at her because she was sleeping with my boyfriend. And so he and I were both in the class with her, and then there were like two other people who were just collateral damage. Mm. It was bad. The two of you should have just gotten together and like written a song for music theory I, about how you know, she's I terrible. About, I did think about that, but I think that would have been still, a great way to put her on. He was blast. still pining for her though, you know, like oh. still madly in love with her. I, I didn't even know people were sleeping together. That's how ignorant I was. I was like, this I is don't high think I was, I know in high school, I remember I went to like, I mean, I guess my high school did have its own like sets of drama, but I never really thought about, Maybe it's because I was like queer and closeted. Yeah, and maybe. I, I, I was desperately in denial and hoping nobody else was thinking about yeah. that stuff. But I, uh, yeah, sex was just never. It wasn't it, even like something I really thought about <laughs> until later in life, like later in college. I thought about it in high school, but I, but it was always followed with, well, I can't do that. So I, I, yeah, without outing myself. So I guess it's just sure. not in the cards for me. And so since it was it wasn't in the cards for me, I just hoped nobody else was getting laid so i didn't feel like behind i didn't think so. anyone was i was so naive like i just was like oh we don't do that because everyone's parents a, are at home like where are you doing that well it turns out in the back of his chevy impala in the parking lot so you, you know, know you know it's i uh, oh there was a very small I, w- I went to a school with like just over 100 people like in all four grades and so we yeah. all knew each other pretty intimately and not even in a sexual way we just knew way too much about each other if you had all known each other in a sexual way i'd be <laughs> extremely concerned but thank you for clarifying well, i i said the word intimate and i'm sure someone like had took that buzzword and ran with it but um <laughs> but so and we'd all known each other since we were like six so like we knew way too much i that's still know way ours, too much about all those how people our school was too it was like everybody had known each other since kindergarten and like the boy i kissed in kindergarten i couldn't live it down for the rest of my for the rest yeah. of my fucking life i was there till 18 and still people still remembered spanish class when i was six years old and i kissed him and i'm like i cannot mm-hmm. escape this it's its own version of um of high school drama when everyone in high yeah. school has known you since you and were basically a baby parents know you and everybody you know and not only that parents. but like, they all know your parents what they do their middle names your personal address like where they can find your parents at work if they ever Who they've to... dated and oh my god oh. it was just like a mess and, and it was such a small space that like even the parents had history with each other and everyone knew it it was so it's but anyway back to sex um <laughs> when it comes to because we all knew so much about each other, we all knew who had had sex and who hadn't. It wasn't like a secret anyone was able to keep because sure. you're, there's a very large chance the person you slept with also went to school and was telling people. Yeah. And uh, But I remember in every grade, maybe there only being like two or three people and they were known as like the kids who've had sex and they yeah, were like... Yeah, see, it was like a big deal. Like I remember yeah. it being a big deal and I knew who... Ha- well, I thought I knew. I guess I didn't know because my boyfriend was having sex. And since I wasn't, I just assumed he wasn't either. But hey, that was pretty fucking sheltered. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I feel like it just wasn't a 
thing. And then I found out it was a thing and it shattered my whole worldview. Anyway, it was, I don't remember why we were talking about, oh, because of my embarrassing choir exam. <laughs> Which did yeah. not involve sex. Um, well, sort of, because she was sleeping with him and I had no idea. But it didn't involve idea. you getting it, laid. <laughs> well, no. I mean, no, I would say 99.9% of my stories don't involve me getting laid. That, I'd so say I, 100 of mine. <laughs> okay, I would say, I was going to say 100, but then I was like, I need to leave some element of mysteria, but uh, it didn't really, it didn't, I think the, you didn't, you saw through it. I think the closest thing I have was in college with the celery kisses. That was up until the like that was probably like the only spontaneous like hot night of like of like oh my god i'm just randomly making out with people that was the only time that's ever happened in my entire <laughs> life i've never randomly made out with anyone since that night or, or before that night oh, i miss it anyway uh, you miss that one night <laughs> i do i think of it fondly i'm like wow I, I totally get why other people made out more than mm-hmm. once randomly in their life um, well i'm taking my zoloft so you can keep talking for a second Okay, well, I added, um, I have my little gargoyles, which I've talked about in the past, but I added two new characters to the to the team, if you'd like to meet them. I would love to. Uh, can you explain one more time? They're 3D printed, and you use them to follow along my crime stories? Is that right? Yes, I use them as characters, so I have a visual, I can remember the family trees, because yep. sometimes yep. your stories get a little they spin a web. complicated. They do. And so I have these little gargoyles they're not i don't i mean i guess technically they are 3d printed but i got them from like a little tchotchke shop <gasps> cute oh my god the rogue eyebrow just went on him oh really yeah look he has a rogue eyebrow <laughs> <laughs> um but so there there's four very different ones but i also i just went to the toy store um in uh austin there's in austin texas mm. they have a really good toy store and it's like known to have like every sort of tchotchke you could ever imagine. And I was like, well, that's why the I'm dream. There. I need things to put on my on my shelf and then mm-hmm. never touch again. Um, and so I found these two little guys. First of all, I found, you know, those those um, toys where you like back it up on the, on its wheels and then you let it go. Oh, and it yeah. Rides. My favorite. I found I found one that is a gravestone <gasps> and it moves. It's got little wheels. Oh, it has the wheels. Oh, I, I, I love that, that was... it's just a tombstone zipping around the neighborhood. You mean ripping around. Zipping <laughs> around the neighborhood. That's good. That's so good. I've got that. And then to pair it nicely, I have two little friends that also you back up and let go and they fly away. I love those. Leona has a car uh, where you press his little head down, the little race car driver. Yeah. You press his head down and then it zooms away. Ooh. It's so cute. You could, So she could just press it and then it'll... Zoom. I love those toys. That's fun. Well, so the two that I got with this little thing, they're Grim Reapers that are like, but they're like racing to the, they're called Racing Reapers. (laughs) It says it right on the tin. But one, like they're literally like, they're numbered like race cars and one is lucky number, unlucky number 13 and one is 666. Oh, that's cute actually. That's so clever. They race over to you and. uh, Not to me, I hope in spirit but so now i've got i've got these two to add to my gargoyle so now now we're allowed to have six key players in your stories i love without it without okay. getting confused okay good because uh i i don't think mine today has that many but i know in the future they will so well one day if you ever cover uh i you know i know this it's a it would be a rough one and a long one but if you ever did cover uh the duggar family oh, crisis geez. you're gonna need i would need more. A, a lot more than six you need more race and reapers 
I totally understand why you haven't covered that recently. I think it was Sinisterhood or someone just covered it, and I went, "Ooh, I bet that was a long story." Good luck. <laughs> <laughs> I went, "That's unless, especially as someone who like knows way too much about that family, I'm like, I wouldn't even know how to condense that." Yeah, into... yeah, I understand that. Oh um, well, uh, anyway, someday, someday. It's a it's a personal request, but if you also if you never ever do it i understand because i can't imagine how overwhelming like a family of 50 would be for you so yeah you know (laughs) we might have to tag team that one at least you would know what's going on though like i feel like if i were to cover a family like that and you had never heard of them we'd be in bigger trouble like at least with this you could help me explain and follow along easily intel you know easily anything about the family dynamics uh i would be able to help alongside so one day, maybe, but also understandable if never. Um, do you like my Christmas lights? <laughs> I freaking love your Christmas lights. I didn't even think to decorate. Well, Eva texted at one oh two, and I went, "Oh shit, we have to record." So <laughs> I, I had to just—I had just gotten out of the shower. I'm not exactly prepared. Um, so maybe I'll find myself a Christmas background while we while you start your story. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. Everyone knows the holidays can take a toll on your bank account. If you're looking for creative ways to increase revenue, then get started with Squarespace's new feature, Squarespace Courses. Squarespace has the tools you need to create and sell your own online course. Start with a professional layout that fits your brand, upload video lessons to teach techniques and skills, and tailor your course with the powerful built-in Fluid Engine Editor. With Squarespace courses, you can create engaging content your audience will love, then simply add a paywall and set the price. Plus, you can charge a one-time fee or sell subscriptions. Turn your creativity into income with Squarespace courses. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, go to www.squarespace.com drink to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. It feels very fitting that Juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy, we're happy. But because we're not mind readers, we don't always know when they're unwell. And in my experience, cats are not the most, you know, open when it comes to sharing their woes. And there goes Juni, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell. Thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus, the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues. And Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small, lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room, and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus, we can rest easy knowing that Juniper and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. So I have, just like how last time you had a bit of a variety show with them, you had multiple (laughs) stories. I love a variety Um, show. I do too. And I decided I'm going to do one today. So um, just like um, how in the past, I think it was our first Christmas episode. No, maybe it wasn't our first Christmas episode together. But if you look through our episode guide on our website, shout out, um, 
you, if you look through our Christmas dates, you'll see that at some point I covered um, multiple uh, Christmas lore characters. Oh, there's your background. Speaking of Christmas lore, that is Krampus with Christine and Zandy as babies. Yeah, let me let me get the the audio over here, the video. Okay, here's my background. Um, it's looking good. He's got his tongue, his t- creepy tongue out. He's got Alexander by the hair. He's, <laughs> he's uh, not having he's a good time. Disturbed is what he is. It that's a classic. That's a classic background. Yeah, um, I thought it was festive. You know, I love the curved the tongue. The tongue really lets you know you're about to get a lashing. And, yeah. Uh, also, I just want to shout out uh, to Jess and uh, Eva and everybody who helped. But um, Jess, who does our newsletters and does, she helped with our Secret Santa this year, which is actually Eva came up with the new name, which is Secret Krampus. And mm-hmm. so uh, it's Christmas today. So I figure I'd give a shout out to everybody who participated. I signed up. Uh, my mom signed up. So yeah, it was a it's 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 fun. It's fun. Next year, if you missed it next year, we'll do it again. I'm snapping for their, as thanks. All their hard work. Snaps to them. Um, Oh, yes. So back to my story. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can talk now. Uh, So uh, at least a few years ago now, it was back when you lived in your house here, Mm. um, I covered multiple stories of like Christmas spooky lore from other places. And uh i am coming back with more of that i think i actually brought some of these up in like a quick passing in that episode but i'm going to more so deep dive on them now so good um so i'm gonna do three i have a fourth i don't know if i'm gonna be able to get through it but um so let's just worry about three for now but uh the first one we're talking about frau perchta what have you heard of frau perchta no Maybe you did in that episode, but honestly, I think I barely mentioned her last time, so she's getting her own real I'm segment now. Scared already, so I feel like maybe I just blocked it out. You know, I feel like there's something about f- the name Frau. I know it means like Mrs. or something. Right? Yeah, but, it does. But it's still, I, it, I it feel sounds like... scary in this context of like Christmas lore. Like I feel like she's gonna come after me. She is. Oh. If you're, if... <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> they all have very like similar santa claus vibes of like if you're good you get rewarded and if you're naughty scary scary at least santa doesn't kill you yeah that's Um, true that is a plus for the western you know western tradition the u.s tradition we've done we've done good for ourselves with santa Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but then again, he was created by the Coca-Cola company, so maybe they they couldn't really, through PR, be so, like, drink our soda or else this man will we'll come you. find you and They kill could you. have. They just didn't have the balls to do it. You know? Back then, they probably could have gotten away with it, for sure. Yeah, yeah. So Frau Perchta uh, is a Christmas figure mainly in South Germany, and it's also in like Austrian folklore. Um, she's also sometimes known as Bertha or Birchta or Birchtel. Okay. Um, and I'm... By the way, I'm also reading additional notes off my phone because I found more about her and didn't get to add it to the notes. So I'm kind of doing a back and forth thing. Um, But she's very similar to Belle Snickel or Krampus uh, because she's part of the scarier winter rituals. Uh, One article actually called her Krampus's gal pal, which... (laughs) Oh, I love it. I... I gotta say, I wish that was just... I wish they rewrote the narrative and that was her only name from now on. So... (laughs) Um, she's also, uh, oh yeah, Frau means Mrs. So she's also just Mrs. Perchta, but a lot of people have shortened it to Perchta. Okay. 
Um, and in the 13th century is when we start hearing about her and she just kind of showed up out of nowhere. Um, her name also means shining one, um, which is interesting because I feel like we don't really, that doesn't offer us any context. Like yeah. shining one doesn't, um, like when I, when I read more notes about her, it's like, oh, shining one doesn't really add it to anything. Like give insight into her. Yeah. I see. Okay. I feel like, well, I guess Krampus and Belsnickel don't either. So what am I talking about? I think Belsnickel did. Didn't it have some fucking weird ass meaning? I don't remember. I don't, if I, I certainly won't be able to translate it on the fly right now. Yeah. <laughs> that's too bad. Uh, Cause I, I think Belsnickel was last year's episode. So it a year was. has passed. Oh, it means uh, fur, furry St. Nicholas. Oh, so. Well, that one makes sense. What's Krampus mean? It means claw. Oh. Ooh, spooky. I hate that. Yeah. I feel like also he's done enough that he's just, he should at least be called tongue if we're going with like body Ugh. parts. Like I feel like he's got a, he's known for his creepy tongue. He's his not known creepy, for his claws. No, his creepy tongue definitely uh, takes the cake. The cake. The cake. So to speak. <laughs> the creepy cake. So, uh, so it's, possible that she um or she's the best we know is that she symbolizes an ancient christian holiday called epiphany which is on january 6th and basically epiphany is uh at the end of the 12 days of christmas mm -hmm. and perchta represents both epiphany and the 12th night of christmas so yes um they're OG names. Twelfth night is eve of, of pert and epiphany is day of pert and she's said to be like the spokeswoman for both i suppose or the, the mascot for both a boss babe she's on two holidays i got none so <laughs> i don't really get any room to talk <laughs> for some reason perchta uh eventually became a figure for both of them but they're just kind of they combine themselves over time okay but the 12th night or the final night of christmas is really like her official domain and what people think of her as and you'll notice that because the number 12 shows up a bit in her mm. in her storyline so santa shows up with 25 uh on the 25th with presents but persia shows up 10 days later to basically knock you the fuck sideways oh um and a lot of traditions surrounding her come from older from times older than her existence so it a lot of the uh stories you'll hear about her even though she's from the 13th century traditions around her like are from even older than the 13th century so i think it's a lot of people have just kind of added on over time oh, to this she's okay. kind of a combination of traditions um, many of her stories have been adapted from other folk tales too so people have uh taken inspiration from irish changeling myths to the wild hunt to other christmas scottish lore um, so it seems like people will just kind of say anything about her and just whatever sticks sticks, okay. um, which yikes, not yikes. fair to her, but okay. No. Um, she's said to be old and ugly. I actually have a oh, quote ouch. here. I, I know as if life wasn't already hard. Seriously. Um, this, I, this is from burrows of the dead.com. Um, I'm just going to read the quote cause I never had time to take the info and, and, you know, do my own thing. So on this website, it describes her as she's often depicted with a beaked nose made of iron. Uh, she's dressed in rags, perhaps carrying a cane and generally resembles a decrepit old crone. But this old crone packs a mighty wallop and carries a long knife under her skirt. <gasps> ah! um, she's also known, which I'm about to talk about. She is known sometimes as the spinning room lady or spins to What the fuck? 
So she, uh, she, first of all, the main goal of her is to punish people for, quote, moral failings of her opinion, of sure. like, to her discretion. Um, she hates laziness and she, like slovenly people. Slovenly. I, I can't even say the word. Uh, or nosy gossips. So I'm already out. What two for the two. fuck? We're both out. I, I We should expect her at any moment. I'm scared. I told you I was scared of her before I even knew who she was. You could smell it on her. You were like, I something. Knew it something's wrong i'm Um, I'm in danger (laughs) well so she shows up on the 12th night and she will punish the lazy rude messy the gossips the you know and anything that makes you seem unbecoming i suppose which i love that she's straight up in like rags with a knife under her skirt and she's (laughs) who is she she to fucking (laughs) criticize me and my behavior yeah it's always the etiquette police that are the grossest people at the table so seriously back off lady So one of her other nicknames is the Belly Slitter. (gasps) Oh, God. Oh, I did not see that coming. She has a knife. She has a knife right under that skirt at any moment. She could use it. Disembowel people? So basically what happens with Miss Belly Slitter. Sorry, Mrs. Frau Belly Slitter. (laughs) (laughs) That's Mrs. to you. That's Frau to you. Uh, Frau Belly Slitter, you will be asleep. She'll come into your room, much like Santa, I guess. But then it changes very quickly because she will cut open your stomach. <gasps> she will remove your entrails. I knew it. And she will stuff you with. Do you want to guess? <sighs> Candy. Garbage. Oh, <laughs> that's fucking rude. <laughs> that is so fucking rude. Where does she get this garbage? Like your own garbage? I'll Just... tell you. So the garbage is, <gasps> I mean, it really is anything. It could be dust or soot or hay or straw Ugh. or broken glass. It's really whatever she can find in your dirty home on the I dirty floor. It, because you're so it, fucking lazy. Yes. this is, It's basically like the, like quite an embellished like tough love mom of like well this is to remind you to clean your room or i wouldn't stuff you full of garbage i'm so... getting real fucking pissed off at this woman get out of my <laughs> house triggered i am way. uh yeah but basically yeah she will use whatever filth of your own oh, your stuff own filth your that is really next level cruelty like your own i will stuff you full of your own filth if you don't clean your room like what a scary scary thing I feel like I always did hear about kids having like some sort of threat of like, if you don't clean up your room, then I'm going to take all the stuff off the floor that you're not respecting and throw it away or something. Just put it in a trash bag. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, she's kind of doing the same thing, but she's just stuffing it inside of your own cavity. You're also dead now. (laughs) You also don't get to keep your small intestines. Sorry. (laughs) Um, Also, on top of that. You could be a liar, in which case she does something else if you're a liar. Uh-oh. You want to take a, ga- take we're a guess? We're screwed now, too. Yeah. If, she, if you're a liar, she takes her little beak and she pokes, she pulls your tongue out. She does pull your tongue out, but oh. she, pulls it, she pulls it out to do something to it. What do you think she does? Feed it to Krampus. <laughs> no, you get to keep your tongue, but she's going to do something to your tongue. Oh, she's going to staple it to your forehead. I have no idea. Oh. She's no. going to put it in your tummy with all the trash. <laughs> Um, she is going to scrape it with shards of glass. <laughs> it's already gone. You already took it. Like you can <laughs> scrape it with whatever you want. Also, like the shards of glass, I thought those were in my belly now. So you gotta go are, back you gotta in pit- the belly. Well, yeah. What if I'm guilty of all of the above? Then what? Yeah, exactly. What goes <sighs> first, my tongue or my my intestines? Great point. Great question. So here's the thing. This is why I also looked up on my phone because I I felt like I needed more explanation here, um, and I, I didn't get to it yesterday. But she's also known, I said she's known as the spinning room lady. 
Yeah. And it's because she's involved in spinning like flax and wool into thread, yarn, all that good oh. stuff. And she's very particular about her spinning. And so I, I wanted to know why she gave a shit about spinning. Yeah. Um, and here is a quote. This is from the same website. Legend has it that you'd better get all your flax spun by the 12th night or January 6th for when the Christmas season was over, it would be time to set up the bright, the big upright loom at which time you must have enough thread to warp it and start your weaving. So that was apparently very important to her. So out of respect, you better have all your shit together before 12th night or by Mm. 12th night. Okay. And um, so Basically, she, spinning was like, other than you being slovenly and rude and a liar or something, above all else, you better fucking have your etiquette right on spinning. Uh, <sighs> how you exhausting. do it. How you do it. When you do it. Knowing when not to do it. Including on at night. You should never do it at night. You should never do it on Sundays or other holy days. Especially ember days in early December. Don't <laughs> you even think about it. Which is weird because don't have it done... By a certain time in early December, but also like you need it by twelfth night, which is in January. So like, very slim window. Yeah, I was like, that sounds like enough. Like that's the time you would want to do like it. Sounds like she but... wants you to fail. Yeah, it's like she's saying, don't do it three hundred sixty-five days ever. But also, it better get done. Yeah, and also her cheetah's itching with that knife under her little creepy little <laughs> she's, beak. She's just she's ready. like scraping it along the wall, just she like letting you, you know fail. she yeah, wants. Yeah, she's coming in. Ugh. There's allegedly one story of Perchta catching interestingly 12 women uh all together spinning at night in one's <gasps> home how dare you i like that they're having like a little spin party i think i that's love so that fun. for them they just all brought their yarns how cute. uh and perched up looks through the window i guess invasive creepy she busts on in because she's like ah, ah, ah you're spinning at night and you're not supposed to do that <sighs> and so she by busting in i mean she knocks on the door and when <laughs> And when they open the door, though, that's when she busts in. And not just her, but somehow she also can clone herself and 12 oh, of her oh my God. walk into this house. Oh, my God. One for each perpetrator. And also day of, you know, days after Christmas or days of Christmas. The 12 of her tell each of these other 12 women, you have to bring me a bucket of water. I need 12 buckets of water and I need it now. So I don't know where they were going to find 12 (laughs) 12 buckets in this woman's house. And then also easy access to water in the 13th century. Yeah. Uh, But I guess they were able to do it in some way. But the women knew what was happening. They knew of Perchta. They knew she was pissed at them. And (gasps) they knew the water was probably to boil them alive. Oh. oh. For their their sins of spinning at night. Oh, jeez. So the way that they escape is when they bring her back buckets of water they couldn't find they say oh we couldn't find buckets but we found these these woven baskets and so the water kept draining out of the baskets (laughs) they're like we spun them ourselves at midnight i mean (laughs) at at two in the afternoon (laughs) uh and so basically i guess in her frustration or yelling or doing i don't know how but that was part of the plan that helped them get away oh wow it's ingenious um, another uh, instance of breaking her rules of spinning, Perchta would use a loom. Let's say she like walked into your house and saw that you were f- fucked up in some way. <gasps> she would use either her own loom or your loom to spin your intestines out of your oh, body oh and God. turn it and turn it into thread. 
So that's, that's another punishment. Gross. Uh, if these crimes weren't enough, um, she uh, here's the thing. I know I made it sound like spinning was the worst thing you could do, but the one thing I can get behind on this with this girl is that her least favorite thing about a person is if they can't eat. And I was like, <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Plot twist. I was like, you know what? I understand there. She was like, if you better eat because well, she keeps taking out everyone's intestines. How am I supposed to fucking eat? I guess maybe that's her other. That's another like twisted version of what parents say of like, oh, you should be so lucky that you can eat. You and get food. You better eat your vegetables or she'll pull your intestines out. It's like, oh, if you're not a pre cloak. Well, you know, some parents were like, oh, if you're not appreciative of your food, then you just don't get to have any. Maybe yeah. that's, that was her thought of like, if you're not going to eat, then I'll just take your stomach away. Yeah, Since same you thing. don't want to eat. Same, same thing. thing. Yeah. Easily the same thing. Uh-huh. Um, but she hated if people didn't eat and like basically gorge themselves because remember, she symbolized a, a day that was a big feast. Mm. And so if you're not eating, then you're disrespecting her. Okay. So she loves gluttony, but she does not like sloth laziness. Isn't that I just fun? feel like she's picking and choosing, you know? It feels it's, toxic. Like you, you're not going to win. You're, you can't I mean, win. You're not, it felt toxic before, but also like. Now it, I'm just mad because she's making it confusing. Like at least commit, you know? I feel like she's probably the queen of gaslighting in some yeah. way of like, oh, so you're just going to sit there and eat? Oh, you're just going to sit there and eat? Like, Oh, oh you're just going to clean on. and not eat your food? It's like, wait, yeah. you told me to fucking clean up. Yeah, it's like, I don't know what to Jeez. do. You took my intestines, lady. I wonder what she thinks about ruining the kitchen for the day because you planned on making, because you made so much food that you plan on gorging. Like, does it cancel out? Like, yeah, great question. dirty kitchen, but full belly? Man, this lady, you can't win with her. Uh, well, so allegedly on January 6th, or her day, they do say if you gorge yourself, then she can't slice your stomach open. Which I feel like is backwards because mm-hmm. I feel like you've just plumped yourself up. Mm-hmm. Perfect yeah. for slicing. Yeah. Um, but if you have a big meal on Twelfth Night, apparently, then she won't come scrape your tongue with glass or cut you open. <laughs> okay. But if you have an empty stomach, she will cut it and open it and fill it herself with either trash or I guess whatever else she can find. Oh, okay. Lovely. Um, but just like how she punishes offenders, she will reward those that she likes so there's a good side to her you just yeah, have to see yeah. it everybody you just have to be a goody two-shoes imagine if you were bringing her to your friend circle and it's like guys like just like i know some of chance. it looks bad but like yeah. she's you know there's something to it i promise Once you like, really get to know her she has a sparkle i promise she just yeah. hasn't shown her true colors yet she's shy yeah. um she's shy just ignore the knife that she's dragging across the wall <laughs> she's just shy <laughs> it's dragging behind her from under her skirt but like let it Don't go you're really it. she's she's eccentric you're reading into the wrong things about she's her quirky she deserves a, a chance just why one don't you chance. ever like any of my friends <laughs> wow we did getting, that very we did it very well a little too real <laughs> I, I guess so. I'm just trying to think of one of your friends I don't like. like I know. Like, Thank God like, that's not a real problem. Otherwise, this would have been really awkward. We're both we're both actually just taking back and forth turns about Eva. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so she does reward people that she likes. But, um, for example, she will leave gifts for people who spin the right way. Mm. But, again, like you said, small window, so I don't know if it's timely. But also, if you keep your stuff very organized, if you do it really well done. Um, fun fact, also, she does not like to travel alone. She has her own little posse. Of herself? 
that's funny but no oh that... i genuinely <laughs> thought you meant she just clones herself so she has a posse i'm like how sad that's hysterical no that would be <laughs> okay, actually never the, mind the best way this could have gone though but <laughs> no unf- maybe i mean i guess on on really lonely days she could oh poor thing um it includes a a her group this is why people said in the beginning that she has some people have taken inspiration from the wild hunt where um beasts are involved some people have said that her posse includes um krampus like monsters okay um but the thing that she's also known for is she has basically an army of unbaptized ghosts of children (gasps) oh Um, no and these unbaptized children are floating around as spirits with her awaiting redemption well that's fucking dark jesus if you're nice to the children then she will reward you so there's a story of like a farmer who saw perched with her kids one of them was like naked i guess and it was snowing so he felt really bad for the little kid and he said oh you poor zoto washer that was the name that he said it was like it's something in another language oh you poor in, insert word here but apparently it translates to the word ragged little mite and so oh, somehow thing. somehow perched saw that as complimentary though um maybe it's like one of those nicknames that like makes no sense but it's like endearing in yeah. that language but he says oh you poor basically oh you poor thing but the name that he used which in our language translates to ragged little mite Persia was still grateful that the farmer took time to acknowledge her child and give him a name, which basically meant it was akin to baptism or redeeming the child because he had a name. Uh, Of a mite, which is like a uh, fucking bug that a microscopic uh bug. Wow, that's (laughs) charming. And uh, well, Persia... I mean, I guess I don't know why I'm confused because her logic hasn't been sound this whole time. (laughs) Good point, good point. (laughs) But she said, oh, you redeemed one of my my kids and now i'm gonna reward you and you will find good fortune soon and pretty soon someone like a wealthy man helped him out and supported his whole family wow um there's another story of perch and her kids showing up uh on a cart and the cart broke down so a guy walked over and tried to fix the wheel for them and perch gives him uh splinters that turn to gold so oh like split little little pieces of wood that then turned nice but he she didn't give him splinters like no no no. she okay she she gave him a a, maybe a a a treasure chest of splinters that's nice uh also perched is said to sometimes appear on 12th night uh if you she's like will appear at your house on 12th night this isn't supposed to happen every time but you may be uh what's that like those those lawyer commercials you may be uh, you may be entitled to compensation. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> For your vaginal mesh surgery, and then I freak out every time, and I'm like, no. Every I've never ever become comfortable with the phrase vaginal mesh for the amount of times that the, I've heard it on it, my television. Same, same. Every time it makes me go. <gasps> bad. Just like, why is it mesh? Stop saying it. Um, but anyway, yeah. So you may be entitled to compensation if if Perch depicts your house on the twelfth <laughs> wow, night. That's great. Thanks. Uh, and basically, she will come up to your house with her several, several ghost children, and she will ask if she can stay the night there. Okay. Um, and if you say yes, you will be rewarded. If you say no, then she will blind you through the keyhole. Whoa. 
So really, you uh, don't have a choice is what also, I'm telling like, you. Also, you know she wants people to say no just so she can do that a few times. I know. If you say yes, she's probably like, shit. Now really? Can... Are you sure? Look at all these babies. It's like they're all going to cry. I'm going to make them all cry all they're night. They're all going to cry. Think of One of them's like a dust mite or something. <laughs> but thanks for letting us in. <laughs> also, we all have knives under our skirts. Yeah. Do you want us inside of your home? Ah, babies with <laughs> knives. Oh, no. Anyway, that is um, my, I don't know if it's much of a deep dive. I would call that a, a, a hmm, somewhere in between a medium dive and whatever I did the last time, which was like give offer a sentence of information. Yeah, so, I like this one. This was, uh, I had never, ever, ever heard of this creature, person, whatever she is. Well, just make sure that you keep your place clean and also... I, I won't. You, you better eat. You better eat, though. Uh, that part I can do. That part that'll, I can com- commit to. The rest of it, not belly. so much. Yeah. Uh, another uh, person is... Or this one isn't actually a person. This is a, a horse ghost. Oh. Uh, this one is... It's spelled Mary or Marie L-W-Y-D. And it is pronounced Marie Lloyd. Marie Lloyd. Um, okay. Well, like mare, like a horse. Mm-hmm. I bet that's you are funny. ahead of me there. Wow, yes, great, good for me. You know what I think is so funny? Um, RJ, his fiance, her name is Mare, and she's a horse girl. And I'm like, oh that's... my gosh, what a perfect! I mean, I'm it's like that's perfect. Kismet. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's like it'd be really awkward if like you were like really obsessed with like a zebras or penguins, some other yeah. some other horse like thing. Yeah. Oh, a horse like creature not <laughs> or penguins. penguins. That would gotcha. be funny too. <laughs> I was be like, funny we're if her name animals. Cool. <laughs> I can be funny if her name was penguin and she was a horse girl. <laughs> um okay, so Mari Lloyd. I think I'm saying it right. But so in the darkest months of the year it's said that a white horse will appear and her name is Mari Lloyd. Mm. And uh, she's said to be very tall and intimidating, which I think speaks for all horses, to be clear. Agreed. She also has a horse's skull for a head, which you could also say about most horses. It's just covered in flesh. I would agree. I I feel like that's pretty much a given. Um, Sometimes I remind myself that I have a skull inside of my head. And I'm like, what? Yeah, Yeah. me too. It's it's like, especially if you just took an edible and you're like, you start thinking about your bones. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. Honestly, I really, I can't, I know, I know an edible would be great sometimes and yes. then other times i have, have to one really thought and it's over you're like oh gosh i'm spiraling yeah i i already spiral without any additional exactly. yeah, things in help. my system i i thought about my body i was sitting next to you the other day when i was looking at my arm and i was like one day this is going to deteriorate <laughs> <laughs> i think about that all the time i'm like which part of my body will first decompose i mean yeah woof. i'm like eventually i know it's so gross but like let's say i got buried let's say Let's just say, or what if I, who knows what's going to happen to my body? I might not, I, my body might just be sitting somewhere for a while. I hope not, but it could. And then I wonder like maggots are going to be in my eyeballs. And I just think about it for way too long. And then I think, oh my God. And then I have to rub my eyeballs, but then I feel like I'm squishing the maggots. I really, (gasps) I know I don't need an edible. (laughs) I don't don't trust me. (laughs) I don't need an edible. You're (laughs) good. Remember the time you and Eva ate maggots? Okay, stop talking about that. You're such a. I don't even want to take an edible around you because you're gonna ruin it for me. You're I would start not. Talking. I I really it, when I know someone is like more, like a like something could happen. I will be so nervous for you. I you won't do push that. me into the spiral. Okay, I appreciate but that. Since Thank I know you. that you're not taking anything in the moment, it is it is a time yeah. to bring it. <laughs> I did take my Zoloft, so we're in the clear. Okay, good. Oh. Um, 
by the way, the maggots were against their will, just so we're clear. It wasn't like a fun little... No. Like, it no. wasn't a fun little cricket that was covered in chili or something. It was just like a little traumatizing, but it's fine. <laughs> we'll, we're getting over it slowly, and then M always brings it back up. Oh, I'm sorry. It's just like, you're the only person I know. I wish I could tell you, oh my God, that happened to my other friend, but but I, when it happens to somebody else, I will tell you first. Thank you, you have, so much. You've at least earned that. I can't that. wait for somebody else to join me in this hell. <laughs> uh, okay. Where were we? Oh, Okay. So this, uh, the horse has for a head just its skull. Mm-hmm. The head is also draped with ribbons, which I love that it's That's trying to decorate. Precious. She has a white cloak, kind of a shapeless body. Um, her eye sockets, this I think is actually like so camp. Um, she, for her eye sockets, has Christmas like baubles, like shiny ornaments, Aww. trinkets in her eyes. I love uh, that. She really said we're we're gonna be festive and we're that's how we're gonna slay. handle this. Get it? <gasps> yes. I do get it. And I'm okay with it too. Um, <laughs> oh good. That's what I that's what I was worried about. You know, I'd like to think that Molly Lloyd would be very close with Rudolph because like she's got ornaments for eyes. He's got a Aww. red nose. They could they're the unique the island of misfit animals i love that i would live there i would move there in a heartbeat i think i would too um i just yes now i'm thinking more about like having to like pet a skull you know but i never mind a little scratch (sighs) a little scratch (laughs) so the earliest written mention we have of Marie Lloyd is in the 1800 but the story is significantly much older than that a lot of people think that This story actually has aspects of ancient pagan roots. Um, One translation, Maori Lloyd, means gray mare, as you said. Um, And in a lot of European and especially just Celtic and British myths, um, white horses are common in their stories because they can bring you to the other world, as we mentioned last week. Mm. Or wait, we'll mention that next week. Um, Spoiler (laughs) alert. We we recorded next week's yesterday sorry spoiler alert we talk about the other world a little bit um but because it's uh, the other world is uh known to be like fairy fey she Mm -hmm. um spaces so a lot of people think that that implies that this story is pre-christian um Mm -hmm. there's another translation though that's more from like a christian aspect where the name translates to gray mary um so realistically the story is probably just transformed over time like all other folklore and right. you know, we don't totally know the truth to it. Um, and today's tradition that though you can see Molly Lloyd uh, between Christmas and 12th night. And this actually sounds kind of fun because you know how like someone will dress up as Santa in mm-hmm. your town. Someone will dress up as Molly Lloyd <gasps> and they'll have to take their eyeballs out and put ornaments in their head. But other yep. than that, everything's normal. <laughs> other than that, the ribbons are gorgeous. It's a good look. <laughs> Uh, so they'll wear a white cloak. They'll decorate themselves in Christmas lights and ornaments and trinkets and all that wow. good stuff. So, and then they will hold a stick over their heads, probably under the cloak with, oh, a, horse, with a horse, a horse skull. So it looks like they're the horse. Oh, I hope and that it's not a real skull, but you know, other than that. I like to think they have spirit probably, Halloween in other places where they can yeah, just grab a quick skull. I guess probably in 1800, they probably had access to real horse skulls. I hope now they're not as easily accessible, you know? Yeah, I hope now it, maybe it's just like a like a mask, like a $2 Spencer's mask or Let's something. Hope. Let's hope. Um, they'll also have uh, with them an ostler, which is basically the 
their guide for the rest of the night because since they're covering up their face they need like a horse <gasps> wrangler a to handler. like a handler uh and so they'll walk through the town Molly Lloyd will go to people's doors and sing I think it's called wassails oh Wassels? yeah you was sa- wassail have you not heard that here we go a wassailing among the leaves of green no no, but that was very in tune, and I feel bad that you didn't get the grade you deserved in your Thank music you. theory class. <laughs> Clearly, my whole life has just become like a makeup session for that. For someone who failure. always claims that you can't keep a tune, that was very nice. Here's the thing I'm trying to come up with the right word for it. I'm not tone deaf because I can hear when my tone is off. Like, I know that it's off. I just can't, I just have a hard time hitting the right tone. Does that make sense? I guess it's so. not like I sing and I'm like, oh, wow, I sound great. Like, I know when I'm off the, the right tone. So I'm not mm. tone deaf. Like, I know that it's off. You're just pitchy? Are you pitchy? I'm pitchy! But I'm also just not a good singer, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, hey, you know how to wassail or whatever. So Here we go, a wassailing. So I don't wassail. know if it's pronounced w- w- wassail. I think it's wassail, but maybe that's just how they sing the song. Wassail oh, sounds like waffle, so it's I'm into wassail. that. It's wassail. It's wassail. Oh, cool. I just right, looked well, it up. It. Well, so basically, it's it more or less it's caroling. It's yeah, our version yeah. of caroling. Um, and so, uh, Molly Lloyd will go from door to door. We'll sing wassels. Um, and another uh, thing that Molly Lloyd does, I, I think it's pronounced pinco. It's P W N C O. Whoa. And uh, basically, she'll show up at your house ba- doing. They're her version of Christmas carols. And then sometimes we'll also do Prinko, which is a rhyming contest between Molly Lloyd and you at the front door. Oh, the pressure's on. Open mic. So, and I guess it's like dealer's choice because you can either freestyle your own, like decide what you're rhyming, or you can try to do like reciting contests <gasps> of like previous. Oh, rhymes. I love this. Okay. Well, just another spoiler alert. I told a limerick on next episode, which you doesn't did, come out which yet. You fucking freestyled, by the way. And it was great. <laughs> Thank you. I, I love am, a limerick. I'm very quickly becoming musically intimidated by you. With oh, your... I would not go that far. Don't worry. It's going to stop real soon. Any day now, but so Any far day. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so, uh, a question: As someone with debilitating "don't come in my home" anxiety, if someone knocked on your door and just demanded a rhyming contest, or would you uh, be interested in that, or no? Here's the thing: I would not answer the door, so I would never find out. I feel like through in today's world, through your ring doorbell, you would do a rhyming contest, so you didn't have to get off the couch. I would, but I also don't like to be on the phone, and the ring doorbell is one of those exact same in my mind scenarios. So maybe after my hypnotherapy session, which I also talk about next week, um, <laughs> maybe then I'll know how to do a rhyming session. Apparently, I the say nothing next week. Christine just handles it. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Wait, I talked about the other world. Yeah, world. like we talked a lot uh, about we, our intro next week is quite something uh we started talking about like capitalism (laughs) we went (laughs) off the rails really quickly uh anyway uh i don't know what would you do if someone knocked on your door and asked you to rhyme i i think i also would be too scared to answer the door i think i would have probably awkwardly i think in today's world i think with like tiktok and things like that there'd be like my algorithm would be flooded with like ways to prep your rhyming game yeah yeah or like you would see you would see like people having rhyming parties preparing just like imagine looking out the people and you see a horse skull 
Like, I, why would you, anyone answer the door? I'd be like, please leave me alone. But what if it's a horse skull you know is coming just to do nothing but rhyme and sing Then I would you? be sit, standing behind the door like a loon and just be waiting. And then I would participate. If I knew it was happening, I would Here's prepare. My- Here's my bigger, more realistic fear. What if the person dressed as Maldi Lloyd is really invested in staying in character? And it's like, they don't get the hint that like, no, you go to the next door. Like, okay, we've had our fun. We're not participating. Because I feel like he could be like, come on out. And like, when leave. I'd be like, like, I know you're in there. It's time to go. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Please move on. (laughs) What's the thing that horses do when they're like, it's like a fake sneeze thing? When they go like... (laughs) Oh, they is that a whinny or no? I don't. I think that's a. Yee! Yeah, that's, that's a whinny. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know the what other that one, is. Though. A slopper. <laughs> I, have I don't no know. Idea. Also, how realistic is uh, this this costume looking? Are there flies around its eyes and ass the whole Ooh, time? Because that would be very scary. annoying. I looked Ugh. up horse sounds, horse noises. A knicker. A knicker. That's what that is. The thing I did. A scream. Uh oh. I know what that sounds like. I do that all the time. We do that all the time. Um, I'm not going to click it because it says with audio. So I don't oh. think I, I need to. I, I don't think I need that. We in my can life. guess. We've heard a horse before. Yeah. A whinny, a knicker. Cool. I don't know. A scream. A neigh. That's a the neigh. one that we usually roll with. <laughs> I love that. Does that mean every animal has several words for all of its sounds? That's a great question. I don't know. Maybe not like, every animal. What's the one when dogs are too tired to do a full bark but they just go boof like what's oh, I that no i call that a boof because <laughs> that's my favorite i love when they boof <laughs> they're so sleepy <laughs> they're so sleepy but they want to look so scary they're so like they go, i protect you boof <laughs> you know, <I> love <laughs> <little> boofs. <sighs> anyway okay well if that wasn't the name for it before it is now it is now so if you let molly lloyd uh here's the thing the, the contest the rhyming contest if she wins she can enter your home Oh, well, that immediately no, makes oh, it unfun. Okay, well, if I knew that, I don't think I would participate. Please leave me alone. Also, you can just, I think, just let her inside if you know like what's coming. Because if she comes into your home, she will bring good luck for you in the new year. Oh, okay. I, so, I, I'm still stuck on the like cutting my belly open thing. I think I was just like a little apprehensive. But that girl does not come in. Well, I guess she does wait until she. No, she doesn't wait till she's invited all the time because she'll just. If she, I don't think she has to wait to. She'd be waiting a long time to if get it's invited. It's the same time period of December, and I know one of them is at the door. I don't think I'm taking my chances. You know, great point. You would you definitely know, need to like, ring doorbell back who then. Who could it be? Yeah, 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 for sure. Back then, before you knew, it was just a solid piece of wood between you and this Ooh, thing, and you just not had even to hope. a peephole. Not even a peephole. Well, <sighs> so uh, that's where I get confused for this too, because if if the whole point of the rhyming contest is for you to lose to then earn good luck, yeah. I'm like, I'll just, I just veto even trying and give me good luck. Just come on in. Yeah. Just because apparently what I she, forfeit, what she'll do is she'll just like wander around your house and be like, oh, good, good luck to you in the new year. And then leaves. Wow. Um, And also she doesn't just go to houses. She'll go to pubs. And if you buy her a beer, she will sing to you for good luck. Now this I am 110% on board with. I think so. I think I she probably it. also has more fun that way. I would imagine so. Yes. Also, is it actual like human beer? I mean, I guess like if we're talking about like the tradition of it all is like, oh, someone buy them a beer and they'll sing for you. But in the actual folklore, I wonder what the horse got. Like, you know, they have like cat wine now and dog <laughs> yeah, beer. I don't think that they really 
pandered to pet parents back then so i, I imagine think, it was just a normal so. beer <laughs> it's probably just anything in the trough like yeah mud yeah mm. um so she may look scary but know that she is harmless and mainly just mischievous because if she does go into your house she maybe tries to take things from your house just to like as a prank or wow, what a uh, funny prank just stealing shit it, from my house it gets funnier because if she likes you she'll chase you <laughs> Um, oh God, with the horse skull this is nightmare fuel there are a lot of welsh people that have been interviewed and remember as children their christmas memories of being chased by the maori lloyd uh who was snapping the horse jaws oh at my them. god so anyway i guess we all sit on santa's lap at the mall welsh children get chased by a horse skull <laughs> snapping horse skull is terrifying <laughs> And then I know we're coming up, so I'm just going to do one last one. And this is the, I had, I had some others. I didn't know how long it was going to take, but I should have known. I'm talking a lot. No, I should have known we'd have room to speak a lot about, about a lot of things. So Mm -hmm. let's just do one more. This is uh, Hans Trap. And this story is shorter than the other two. So Hans Trap is a figure in rural France and shows up at around 1480. He was a knight named Hans von Trotha. And he was given a castle fortress uh, that many thought he was many thought he was given this castle unfairly. And okay. so because of this, there was a protest against him getting this castle. And the people protesting happened to be a group of monks. And Hans, uh, basically, the, the protest didn't do much. And Hans later wanted revenge on them for even trying to stand up to him. So he does well, two things, technically. He builds a dam. But by building a dam, he cuts off their water. So he had the dam end right at the castle. So he had water and the rest of the town didn't have any. The second thing he did with this dam is he built it in a certain way that diverted the water so that even though they couldn't get any water, eventually the town would flood. Um, And so he eventually breaks the dam and lets the whole city flood underneath him. Oh, yeah. So when Hans floods the town, the Pope excommunicates him and banishes him. Okay. So he dies in 1503 in his castle, and his spirit is said to still lurk the castle and the surrounding forest. Uh, what's going on? I sorry. see you smiling. <laughs> what's I'm the sorry, situation? I've done something stupid. What's the situation? What'd you do? You spilled? So, no, I just, I earlier today, oh God, I'm so embarrassed. Earlier today. I saw your creepy little face. I <laughs> Morphing so in a weird way. I'm usually good at hiding my expressions. Um. <laughs> earlier just today, say it <laughs> signed leona up for like the little gym like one of those like cute little gym things you know uh-huh. and i signed up her up for a class and i sent it to blaze and this was like a few hours ago and i just saw a text come in and like i'm on do not disturb you know so that but mm-hmm. only blaze's text come through just in case and he just said babe don't be mad so of course i was like i'll read it and it says the gym you picked is in florence south carolina not florence kentucky so oops <laughs> Well, hey, let's keep keep the membership open so Allison and I can go next week. You guys can go with the ba- with the baby there. Anyway, sorry, I just like I saw Babe. Don't be mad. And I was like, I should probably open this text because I don't know what it says. Um, don't be mad, but I let a horse skull into the house because I couldn't finish my <laughs> rhymes, and it likes you, and it's coming your way. If you hear a snapping sound, that's what. If that's you hear a if on. you hear a winning, uh, a neighing, or whatever <laughs> it is. 
yeah anyway okay so i'll deal with that later but i just i was so nervous and then i opened it and saw that i like started laughing because i was like wow i'm such an i like how he says don't be mad and i'm like i did it (laughs) like it's my own fault yeah what are you doing to this poor man where he has to prep you about something like that (laughs) he just i just feel stupid that's all um anyway okay sorry go Uh... ahead Well, basically, he haunts his own castle and the surrounding forest. So uh, he's now known. uh, He's this six foot, like over six feet tall apparition. They say he wears a big black coat. He has loud black boots. And we say loud because he even his name has been changed from Hans von Trotha to his nickname, Hans Trapp for trappen which meant to make noise while walking so oh. his his boots were so significantly loud that they had to change his whole name for this ghost story his boots were meant for talking <laughs> now that's the truth i'm sorry this is babe really don't st- be mad but i've got a really good so pun that i'm about stupid. to use yeah. i just feel blaze already mad because he knew i said something stupid <laughs> and i did and he does everyone deserves to be mad at me for that i apologize well this apparition is also known to have a gray beard a pointed hat and he carries a rod uh hans spirit speaks german rides on horseback i wonder if he knows the Maldi Lloyd. Mm. and he is seen near christmas which is why i'm covering it i don't even know why i said that okay uh so this rod that he holds Take one guess at what he does with it. Oh, no. Um, he pokes your eyes out. Um, no, something more obvious about if you're naughty on the naughty list. You get beat up. That's the truth. <sighs> uh, so he beats bad children, and particularly bad children. He won't just beat them. That's not enough. He will kidnap and eat them. What the fuck? Why? Why? How come there are so... How come every... like? country has their own version of a monster will slaughter you if you are slaughter you i mean it's disturbing it's like sick stop for once for once i feel like that's the only win we have as the us of a i don't know of any of our i mean i guess we had the boogeyman but that was still pretty vague and also not everyone talked about it and like it would i feel like they they, at the most it would be like they'll get you yeah, like, that was it. Well, like, not, you know, like, cut your stomach open and eat you alive. I mean, maybe Jesus. that's the difference between uh, our nation and theirs is that like we are we fear the vague, we fear the mystere. Because oh. like if the boogeyman's gonna get us, it's like that torture where like your own imagination is the scariest yeah. weapon you could yes. use on someone. Great point. Um, like we're just he could be worse than any it. of these characters, or he could just grab your little feet and tickle you, and that's terrible too. You Which know? is also pretty bad. I'd rather you just eat me. You know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather you just slice me in half. Um, oh. But yeah, like it's it's interesting. I feel like I can't think of any characters we have. I guess the Tooth Fairy sounds fucked up to other countries of like, oh, yeah. she steals. But your teeth are already out of your head. So like she brings them pliers. Yeah, you're, exactly. <laughs> like she's, you're giving them as a gift. It's different. Oh, I don't know. I don't like it, though. I don't know, but apparently this one will kidnap and eat you. There's one version of the story that says that God actually cursed Hans to uh, turn into a lifeless, uh, an almost lifeless scarecrow Mm. to punish him for eating a boy that was uh, out in the out in the farm. And uh, that creeps me out. The scarecrow, like I. Especially because one of my go-to horror movies growing up was Jeepers Creepers, especially Jeepers Creepers 2, when the monster is at first on, like, a scarecrow cross. Mm. Um, and then all of a sudden gets you. Yeah, and um, that's, like, already, that's, like, an easily built-in fear to instill in children because they're A lifeless the human figure out yeah, in the middle of nowhere. There, so you don't have to, like, 
imagine it it's in front of you yeah you can just look out the window and be like see that if you're bad he comes to life exactly he's real yeah Ooh, god no wonder we all have fucking generational trauma in our dna i think ever i don't know a person who wasn't scared of scarecrows at least at night when it's just kind of they're just like distant. up there Ugh. Ugh, so i get bad. why crows are fucking scared it should just be called a scare human though you know like, scare human <laughs> scare babies crows aren't the only ones afraid scare innocent children okay so every year in this town of france called wissenberg uh they host a parade on the fourth sunday of advent and at the parade hans is seen on horseback asking kids if they've been good and i guess the implication is that all the the happy children with their families at the parade go yes we've been good don't beat us with the stick ha 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 fun fact uh apparently so he's riding on horseback through this parade and i from what i've seen there are also scenarios or also the you know some of the parades they've chosen to have behind the horse mm-hmm. he's dragging a cage with children in it <gasps> like little little children actors and they are begging people on the street to be freed from hans gross and we're supposed to find that charming and endearing okay sure and that's that's how i that's where i leave you that was that was those are my three christmas tales for you wow a cage of children what a way to end a cage of children yeah not a cute look i still there's a there was one what was it in college there was a um greek life event that i went to where like it was like a a fundraiser where like people would recruit it wasn't my sorority but they would pick people um they would pick like a friend of theirs or something and they would basically put them in jail which like now is like so cringy but would put them in jail in like the student union and that person had to like get enough people to donate to them to pay for them to get out and the money would be donated back to the cause oh yikes so the bail quote-unquote the bail yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. and uh i uh, i know well now it's so cringy i was like i also was one of the people who was in there at one point and like said like oh but also i had a friend who i was like just give me five dollars and then i can leave but it was like (laughs) basically it was supposed to like bring people together because like you had to know somebody and then they had to know people to come out to the event so that they could then donate and but like now when i think about the storyline i'm like oh like i now i feel really gross about it but yeah it's a little cringe but so oh it's very uh, trust me i hate like 90 percent of my um, who i was before my uh (laughs) mid-20s but uh no so i that was my first thought of like it's supposed to be fun that they're in cages and asking to be freed and then i was like ew i feel like that's very similar to what that yeah so if you're listening out there and you do something like that as like a fun donation thing maybe maybe don't do it anymore maybe it's Maybe it's outdated, folks. Maybe a little um, bit. For a lot of reasons. But yeah, I I wonder what the situation is for uh, the parade. Do they still do the parade? And I bet it would if, be. I bet all the kids want to be in the cage. Like, I would want to be. I would want to be in the cage because it's like you're one of the, like, the cool. The you're like a chosen one. You're part of the parade. Not, and especially in the state of the world where there are children in actual cages. It's like, mm. yeah. Yeah. Now, but now I not could, so much, but I could see as a, as a little kid being like, Oh my gosh, I want to be on there. the float. Yeah. I get, to, I get to go to school the next day and say, I was one of the kids on the float. Totally. But, uh, so if you are from Wissenberg, France, um, let us know. Let if us you, know if that still happens. I'm curious. If, if you were one of the kids, let us know. I, I would like to know uh, if that was actually true or not, or maybe <sighs> that's, you know, 
who's to say i i'm looking forward to a response eventually maybe i'll just get it from youtube after we record so yeah we'll find it one way or another blaze and i just went to a new year's wedding and we have one coming up next weekend not a new year's wedding but another friend's wedding and i just love weddings i feel like i've said that so many times at this point and that's why i always love telling you all about zola With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From free planning tools like a customizable checklist and website to a venue and vendor discovery tool that matches you with your dream team, everything on Zola is designed to make your wedding journey as easy as possible. And with invites that are fun to create and a wedding registry packed with gifts you actually want, Zola takes you from save our date to thanks so much without breaking a sweat. There's even a five-star app that helps you plan on the go. Zola really has become the sort of one-stop shop for wedding planning. I used Zola when I got married, and it was an indispensable tool. I could not, I swear to you, I could not have gotten half of the stuff done that I did without Zola on my side. But now, Zola, I'm only a little bit bitter, has so many more amazing tools. They have an app. They have all sorts of stuff like that that wedding vendor discovery tool. You know, that is really cool. I I kind of want to go back. Blaze, should we get married again? Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z-O-L-A.com. Daylight saving time is starting up again. It may feel like there are more hours in the day, but if you're hiring, it doesn't necessarily help you find qualified candidates any sooner. There's only one way to do that. ZipRecruiter. Right now, you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter works around the clock to find qualified candidates for you. Once you post your job on ZipRecruiter, they send it to 100-plus job sites so you reach more of the right people. ZipRecruiter's smart technology also quickly scans thousands of resumes to identify people whose skills and experience match your job. Spring forward with a new hiring partner, ZipRecruiter, and find top talent sooner. See why 4 out of 5 employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash drink. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Well, thank you, Em. That was very festive. I appreciate it. (laughs) Does everyone feel happy and safe now? Jolly? What do you think? (laughs) Okay, well, I also have a Christmas story for you today. Ooh. Of course, it's just a terrible one about a double homicide. Whee! Oh. Well, I I don't know why every time I'm surprised because you make it do do make it sound like I'm about to have a fun time with a you, fun and then you time. go. Actually, it's about slaughtering, but except my story isn't folklore. Mine is real. Except and then mine, I go, this has oh. actually happened. Yeah, yeah, which is terrible. Yeah. I love well, that I get to, I just, I do, I'm very lucky that between the two of us, I get to be the one that gets to hide behind the allegedly at every second yeah, of this show. Yeah, that kind of part sucks a little bit. Where I do like, feel for you. Mm, That's yeah, rough. It, yeah, but you're the one who has to engage with it. So, you know, I just got to tell it to you. That's true. It is probably so much more fun for you to have commentary to my stories. With me, I'm like, oh, God, how do I make this funny? Like, Which, like, by the way, I just don't. I just sit there and go, oh, my God, the whole time because it's terrible. Yeah, well, that's what the tangents are for, you know? Love a good tangent. It really is our saving grace. Saving grace, for sure. Uh, Okay, so this is the And That's Why I Drink Christmas episode 2022. I watched a TV show called Ice Cold Killers, and Mm. of course it was on Discovery Plus, and the episode I watched was called Christmas Terror, and most of the information I got was from that show, so forgive me. It wasn't until I realized two days ago that we were recording our Christmas episode today that I figured I would find a Christmas-adjacent story. 
So I apologize, but this is most of the information is from that. So um, if you end up watching it, it's probably going to sound real familiar. Um, okay. <laughs> and I, I did go and find more, a little more detail, but uh, most of it's from from that episode. So let's get into it. This is the story of Ed and Minnie Marin. Mm. We're back in 1985, and Ed and Minnie are an older couple who have been married for 24 years. They own a farm in Lewis County, Washington, and they're very, very friendly with the locals. If anyone needed gas or had a flat tire, they would help them, let them in. Just, uh, you know, the equivalent of light up a room for an elderly couple. Just sure, like, of course. Just beloved by the community. I love it. Every year they had a big Christmas party. It was on December 19th that year. And friends and family always came to the Christmas party. It was a big deal in town. And uh, December 19th, the invitation was around noon. So the party started early and went late. So around noon, friends and family start showing up. But weirdly enough, the front door was locked and nobody was home. Hmm. The okay. curtains were pulled closed. The cars were gone out of the driveway. It didn't make any sense. And uh, this was weird. They had this annual party. They never missed the party. It just didn't make sense that neither of them would be home. Okay. So hours later, um, finally, the family manages to get into the house and there is nobody there. But instead, they see papers strewn everywhere. And these papers are actually bank statements and they mm -hmm. are spread all over the house uh, through different rooms, including the bathroom. So they're just everywhere. Weird. Okay. Which was not like them. Sure. So the daughters, I mean, it's like me to strew my papers. I was going to say, Frau would be pissed. Frau, <laughs> Frau would be like, "Give me those bank statements. You know where these are going." <laughs> yes, Frau would be not having it. Um, so she should not go in my bathroom because it's there's just stuff. I'll say everywhere. it out loud. She might listen to the podcast. Oh you know? well, she's already listen. If she does, I'm screwed because I've said a lot of things about her today that she's, I don't think she'd approve of. She's finalizing her list as we speak because it's not Christmas for us yet. So. Well, if you don't hear from me ever again, that's probably what happened. I'll, let the, I'll alert the authorities. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and speaking of authorities, the daughters decided to call the sheriff because they weren't sure what else to do. Sure. They came and took a look around and they found Minnie's purse under the couch, which I feel like is always a big red flag because it means, you know, she left without it, which is unlike most people. They wouldn't leave without yeah. their bag and is, money. Is there a tell that you would have, you think, if... If you went missing, is there something that people, mm. I feel like it's, it's easily for a lot of people now, their phone. It's just like, oh, definitely phone and definitely either glasses or contacts. But I guess I wear contacts regularly. So for you, it'd be glasses, I think. Right. And phone. Oh yeah. I can't, I, tr I'm, I don't know what the, what the actual definition of legally blind is, but like, I can't see like last time I measured, it was like five inches from my eyes. I can't see anything. Yeah. So that so feels pretty pretty bad you're not <laughs> so, leaving without them basically no i need my glasses yeah. and i can't wear contacts so i have i if i don't so, have and i only have one pair so if these are on yeah, the counter exactly. something's, something's wrong. wrong or you're just you just can't see and you're out there walking into poles or I, or I decided to have a very adventurous day yeah 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 um okay interesting yeah i think that's a great question i i forget my wallet all the time and i forget my keys and i forget all sorts of shit so i'm i'm actually really bad in this scenario i'm not like a very reliable person to track down because mm. sometimes i wear contacts sometimes i wear glasses sometimes i forget my social security card on the floor of the bar you know it's like i can't sometimes. be 
traced properly because I don't have built-in routine. So I apologize for that. Um, if I go missing, it's probably going to be hard to find me. Good to know. I'll, I'll start yep. prepping now. It's probably my, a dangerous thing to say on a true crime billboard. show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's start the string. You're going to need a lot of string. Yeah. To make that. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the bed was unmade. Mine's always unmade, so that's definitely not a tell for me. If mine's made, we're no something's wrong. Oh yeah. right, if mine is made, then yeah, there's a problem. Um, but bed, their bed was unmade, and Ed's clothes were next to the bed, and his watch was on the nightstand, which was unusual because he wore that every day. Mm. So just all big red flags. Now night falls; it's freezing. Search parties start to form, and detectives canvass the neighborhood for any witnesses. Unfortunately, they really didn't have much luck. They did find a shoe print on a stool uh, and on the bathtub where the bank statements had been thrown around. A shoe print on the stool of the bathtub. No, sorry. A stool and on the bathtub. So they found two separate footprints and neither of the footprints, it's like a shoe print, neither of them matched Ed or Minnie. Okay. So they thought maybe this was a stranger who took advantage of their hospitality, gave them some sort of story like, oh, I'm out of gas, I need help, or and they let them in, can I use your phone, who knows. So that was kind of the running theory. But they also had to look at the family. So the first person they really uh, pinpoint is the grandson, whose name is Mike. And they interrogate him, thinking he might have something to do with this, because he was so close with his grandparents, and they thought maybe he knew about their finances and knew about their routine and took advantage of it. And they actually interview Mike in this episode of Ice Cold Killers. And he's like, it's really hard for him, obviously. Yeah. Because he's saying like, they thought I did something, but I was Mm. just really close with them. And I spent every weekend with them on the farm. And so it must have been a very tough time especially someone so close like you're already doing your own grieving yes but now you're, you're already f- upset yeah like you don't have the mental emotion i think even if i weren't in the middle of a heavy grief i wouldn't be able to process being the center of a you're suspect. now defending yourself yeah even though you don't even know what happened to them yeah so it, it must have been just a shitty place to be um he unfortunately had a reputation for partying and being irresponsible Mm. um and so they they you know hung that on him and they were looking at him they didn't really have any hard evidence but they were looking at him and that's when they received a call from the bank teller at ed's and minnie's bank Mm. the bank teller says something really weird happened the other day and i heard that you were looking for clues and they said okay what happened she said i got a call from Ed requesting cash and he he said he would be coming in to request some cash from his account Hmm. and he requested $8,500 in $100 bills. That's a very specific number. Yeah. And also, so is it actually Ed or is this someone who's calling in and pretending to be Ed? So she said Ed called and said he would be arriving. An hour later, Ed did arrive alone. What? At the bank. Oh, shit. Okay. And it was very weird that he didn't have his wife with him because actually Minnie was known to handle most of the finances. And so it was odd to see him there without her. But he went in and he asked for this $8,500 in $100 bills. And the teller asked about Mrs. Marin, Minnie. And Ed said, oh, she's out in the car because she's not feeling well. The teller was like, all right, Mm -hmm. that's odd, but okay. 
And he said he needed the money, the $8,500, because they were going up north and the kids were going to help them buy a car today. And keep in mind, this is the day of their Christmas party. So as police and the family are hearing this, they're like, that makes no fucking sense because they were supposed to be hosting this party. Nobody had any plans to buy a car. Nobody had any plans to leave town. It doesn't make any sense. Unfortunately, the cash hadn't arrived from the main branch yet. So she told him he would have to wait for a bit for the money to come in so he went back to wait in his car which she noticed this bank teller was parked really far away even though the parking lot was mostly empty and it was freezing cold out what year was this 85 okay did they have video cameras Uh, is that why he was parked far away or something i don't know actually that wasn't that didn't come into play so i don't think so um but yeah it was just an odd odd thing and the cash arrived soon after and the teller was like okay well i'll go out to let him know so she walks outside to go get him and she sees a second person in the car isn't sure who it is walks about halfway from the door to the car and ed like rushes out of the car and is like oh it's fine you know i'll meet you halfway (laughs) like doesn't want her near the car yeah i have goose cam so spooky So he goes inside with her and she tries to convince him to take a cashier's check. She's like, you don't really want this in all cash, do you? And he insists that he wants $8,500 in $100 bills. So she puts it in an envelope and gives it to him. And that is the end of her story. Now, the police tell this to the family. And like I said, they're thinking, well, we had no plans to help them buy a car. This is not, you know, this is the day of the Christmas party. None of this adds up. And it wasn't true. So, yeah, it feels like he's being taken hostage or something. Something like that. And so it's very alarming. Big red flags. Uh, They they take the house apart again, looking for fingerprints. And uh, all the fingerprints they could find were of the family. Couldn't find anything suspicious. And uh, they continued with their search party. They searched the area. Um, They were building out kind of a suspect list of maybe somebody outside of the family who could have known their finances. And the the farm uh, that they owned was actually selling Christmas trees at the time. And the kids... Uh, some some of the employees seemed shady to the kids. The kids were like, there are a couple people who are working at the Christmas tree farm that we didn't necessarily trust or mm. that acted a bit odd. And they would, you know, come and work on the property and come and go. And so they said maybe they had, maybe one of the employees had something to do with it. There was specifically one guy who stood out. He was a drifter who had trouble with the law and the family kind of knew about this. Um, he had motive in that he knew how much money they were making off Christmas trees. A lot of it was cash. And Mm. so they thought, well, maybe he took advantage of the family business and wanted the money. So investigators now have to track down this guy, which is not an easy feat because he, like I said, was considered a drifter. So he was already out of the picture. One of the neighbors, meanwhile, told them something interesting. She had also had a strange encounter the day of the Christmas party or shortly before. So she said that a man had stopped by her house shortly before the murders and asked her for gas. And she was like, "Uh," she felt on edge about it. She did not feel like this was a normal interaction. She didn't recognize the guy. And uh, she said she didn't have gas, but she noticed he kept staring at the Marin's house while they were talking. Ew. Ugh. Yeah. Gross. 
So he got in his car and left and just drove in the other direction. And she's like, I thought you were out of gas. Like this is the whole thing was just off. Um, you know, the, he said there's a problem with the car. He was out of gas. And then he got in it and drove away. He was staring at the Maroon's house the whole time. And her description of the guy sounded like this drifter guy that worked at the Christmas tree farm. Then they received their biggest tip so far when an employee of the local mall saw what they thought to be Ed and Minnie's car in the mall parking lot. Ooh, okay. So the they, car that he was also, he had just come from the bank from. Yes, yes. Okay. So they see the car parked in the mall parking lot and police show up and the windows are frosted over because it's been so cold. So the detective who had to take his hand and like rub the frost away to look inside. Wow, Ooh. how cinematic. And Right? Yeah. I love that in the show, it was so funny. They were like describing how he warmed the frost with his hand. <laughs> I was like, whoa. Wow. This guy's planning his next great detective novel, you know, in I his guess retirement. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he rubs over the windows to get a peek inside and when he looks in he finds he sees a blanket on the front seat covered <gasps> in blood oh shit yeah it's oh bad. that's not good okay when they take a closer look at the car they see a crack in the windshield the dashboard has been damaged and the entire car just has blood all over it there's no body so they're hoping maybe this is someone else's blood i mean the chances are slim but they're just thinking you know, maybe they're still out there somewhere. Yeah. But, you know, all signs point to this is probably one Someone's of their done. blood. Yeah. Someone's yeah. done. So five days after the disappearance, the morning of Christmas Eve, a man on a logging road calls police. He's out for his Christmas Eve walk. Okay. That's and precious. He, I know. And he looks over and he sees what he thinks is a mannequin. Oh. <gasps> Yeah. No. Yeah. And oh god, okay. And of course, as I think my favorite murder popularized, it's never a mannequin. <laughs> I think is what their one of their quotes was, it's never a mannequin. So, he thinks he sees a mannequin and he calls police and they arrive and they find the body of a woman. Uh mm. it is Minnie Marin. Wow. Nearby they find a second body and that's the body of her husband Ed Marin. Using blood trails and tire tracks, they tried to build out the crime scene and what could have happened. So on the road, they found two large pools of blood and then two trails of blood from the pools of blood that led to the bodies. So esen essentially, they'd been shot inside the car, they figured, because of the amount of blood inside the car, and then dragged out and ultimately taken, you know, off oh the road. Oh, my God. Yeah. Very oh disturbing. And they found a receipt for the $8,500 withdrawal inside the car with blood spatter on it. Mm. So this I thought was interesting. They were able to determine that a sawed-off shotgun was used to kill okay. them. And that's because they realized a full-size shotgun wouldn't have fit in the car. And so they basically said, well, this they were killed with a shotgun, but it must have been sawed off because there's no way they would have fit a full shotgun yeah, in this car. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So they did not actually release that information to the public with the hopes that somebody could reveal that down the line and they could sure. pin it pin it on that person. So once again, they turned to the public and said, you know, does somebody know anything? Did anyone see something in the mall parking lot? And actually a couple witnesses came forward saying they saw the car in the mall parking lot with a man who walked away with something wrapped in a white cloth, which they <gasps> presumed was the gun. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
And the mall actually sold guns, so it wasn't oh, no. actually that weird to see someone carrying a gun, which is why people didn't necessarily report it at the time. But mm-hmm. um, once they heard about the car and the, the murders, they said a couple people came forward and told this story. They said it was a white male in his 20s or 30s with curly hair wearing a stocking ca- cap. Sorry, wearing a stocking cap, green army jacket, blue jeans, and boots. He had a scruffy beard and piercings and evil looking eyes. Oh. Ugh. And multiple people commented on the eyes, which creeps me out. He must have been scary. Really, something had to be going on. Right? I mean, I feel like a lot of people. <sighs> I feel like if, if a lot of people are saying something about the eyes, you can just tell in someone's face if, the, if something's off a lot of if times. they're like and malevolent or, yeah. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. Gross. I don't like it. I don't like it. So when they heard this description, they realized this matched the description of the drifter from the Christmas tree farm. So they finally tracked this guy down. They find him. He was cooperative. He passed a polygraph. It's not the guy. It's not what? the fucking drifter after all that. I honestly didn't see that coming. I thought this was going to be like a one and done. I know. It seems like it would be because of the way that (laughs) the story is told, I guess. But I really thought it was him. And then, uh, yeah, he apparently was like, what the fuck? Like, I had nothing to do with this, which also is very alarming. I just was looking for gas. I was just asking for gas. I just need a, I just need a, need a, what was I going to say? Christmas tree. tree. Christmas tree. I just need a job is what I was trying to say. He's like, I was just trying to find some work. Um, So he's not the right guy. So now they're back to square one and they release a composite sketch to the media. Of course, now thousands of tips are pouring in. A lot of them are dead ends. But one tip actually stood out and it was a woman who thought she recognized the man. And she said, I think I know who that is. It's Pete Casey. So they look up this guy, Pete Casey, and they find out that he was once married to the Marin's niece. So it's just like a strange crossover. So the Eddie and Minnie's nephew-in-law. Yeah. So was once their nephew-in-law. Yeah. I don't know if you need your gargoyles for that, but just FYI. I I just, for some reason, niece and nephew is, once once the family tree starts diagonaling, I, yeah. get, I have to start really it's thinking about it. It's incredibly confusing to me, too. I don't, like... I don't know why it's so confusing. You've explained, Cousins? Like, you've explained removed and all that so many times, and I just cannot wrap my head around it, so... I feel like if it's not part of, like, your industry jargon, you and you don't talk about it a lot, it just always it escapes just, you. Like, like a like a wicker basket full of water, just... Oh. S- just like that stokes out like you know i know i look i know a thing or two about wicker baskets and drainings and (laughs) okay so they look up this pete casey guy he was married to their niece and they're like hmm and what's more that he had a criminal history and they thought well maybe this is our guy it's worth looking into but also, know- I mean, yeah, because he would have known, like, oh, they throw really good parties. They might uh-huh. have money. They uh-huh. People would be looking for them eventually. Yep. I don't know. But I would also think, like, oh, the only time I definitely shouldn't do it is during it's the Christmas the day party. Of the Christmas party. Yeah, that's weird. It's weird. Maybe he didn't know what day it was because he wasn't invited. <laughs> oh, sure. You never know. So you never know. The best part about this is that the cops know. He won't talk to them because he's had a history with the law. He's like not going to be cooperative. So they decide to pretend to be the mafia. <laughs> huh. That's an huh. angle I haven't heard of yet, but okay. Huh. <laughs> so they, they develop a ruse uh, where undercover cops tell him 
the mafia needs guys like you. And they basically like play to his ego and make him think he's being recruited by the fucking mafia. Like it's such a facepalm moment because he fucking falls for it. I hope he like wherever he is in the world, if he's sitting in a jail cell right now, he's just I can't believe I hope he feels embarrassed. I hope the the other inmates laugh at him. They're like, you fucking heard what? You really thought that? What Mm. a fool. So, of course, he immediately agrees to start working for the mafia. And they're like, cool. (laughs) Great. God. (laughs) And they're hoping he'll brag about the murder and give them some intel. So they go as far as to have him deliver packages and make him think he's like doing tasks for the mafia to build trust. And after slowly building his trust, they finally ask him to let them know what he's done in the past. They want to know that they can trust him. They're like, we need to know that you've done things to like deserve to be in the mafia. And he starts to provide info about a double homicide. Uh And he says, I killed Ed and Minnie Marin. And he fully confesses to being involved. And they're like, well, shit, we've got our guy. So they ask for more information. They ask him for details. But as he starts telling the details, they realize these aren't right. (laughs) No way. Yes way. Yes way. Oh, my God. He gave the wrong murder weapon. He didn't know where the bodies were. He says he's the one who walked into the bank and robbed them or whatever. Uh, he's basically trying to make himself look like a killer, but he's lying. Like, he, he got all the details wrong. He's just trying also, to show off. So now I know there's just a guy out there in the world who was just, like, happily going to join the mob. Like, just, like, faking it. Yeah, make till you make it, you know. He was just like, oh, cool. Yeah, I guess this is, like, my new my new adventure. It's like, Man. What? You know, they say to, like, put yourself in a good light during a job interview, but, like, this is really taking it too far, that's, you know. That's incredibly crazy. Yeah. It's incredibly nuts. Like, what are you thinking? And it's, imagine finding out after that they were cops and you were like, whoa, I'm a fucking uh, idiot. <laughs> you uh, know? Uh, like, I hadn't even shit. thought about that. I hadn't holy even thought shit. about that. He was like, oh, I was bragging has... about something I didn't even do. Oh, God. Oh, my Terrible. God. I hope you learned yeah, his now lesson. That, I feel like even if he hadn't technically done anything illegal, I feel like, or I don't know if he had, but it sounds like he technically didn't. I would still at the police department have him on file of like this guy wants Just to be a, in the mob and put is a little flag we'll f- on that we'll fake brag about homicide yeah yeah, yeah. put a flag on that just in case good to know uh, about it yeah agreed so also side note imagine being the cops who are like we just wasted so much fucking time getting this guy oh my to, God. Do, to deliver packages to nobody to like conf- <sighs> like we bought him whiskey we sat in a strip club we were this is at least what the reenactments showed like oh we were trying to like butter him up and all, it was just all for nothing <laughs> what a waste of time <laughs> what a waste of time and also like imagine being the family that now find out like this whole plan was for nothing and the killer is still just running around and it just took like weeks of this to get him to confess to something he didn't do it just must be so frustrating so talk about going back to square one so the family at this point i imagine like you said very frustrated uh puts up a ten thousand dollar reward for any information but nearly two decades go by now with no answers so basically this two decades yep basically this mafia thing was (sighs) like their last real attempt and then they didn't have any other leads and so almost two decades go by with no answers so at this point we fast forward to 2002 
and Minnie's son, Dennis, hires two private investigators to help the sheriff's department reopen the murder case because they're thinking maybe these PIs will be able to invest more time and energy into this. Sure. So the PIs work closely with investigators. They start looking back at all the early information. And that's when a former Lewis County resident named Jason Shriver comes forward. And he says he witnessed something the day of the murders. He was 17 years old and he has been too afraid to come forward until now. Oh, shit. So they interview him. Apparently he was on his on the way to get his wisdom teeth taken out. Oh, God. Which I'm glad it was on the way there, not the way back, because I feel like they wouldn't have believed him. If yeah, he was it's like they're tripping balls. Yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Nice, likely story, bro. But he was on his way with his mom to get his wisdom teeth out. They were driving down Highway 12 early in the morning when they noticed the Marin's car driving very slowly down the road. So Jason and his mother passed them, and when he looked over as they were passing, he saw Mr. Marin driving with Mrs. Marin directly behind him. And then he sees two men in the passenger and back seats, and they are two men that he recognizes. Oh, okay. Who are they? He says they are Rick Reif and Greg Reif, two brothers. And when he sees them, he waves. (laughs) Because he recognizes everybody. And he says, I saw them. We went onward, and they waved back, and then we went on our way. Okay. Well, after the murders, the two brothers went and found 17-year-old Jason and threatened him with his life. Oh, shit. They said, we know you saw us. <gasps> and if you tell anybody anything, the same thing that happened to them will happen to you. Oh, my God. He said, we'll kill your mom, your dad, and we'll kill you. <gasps> and so as a 17-year-old kid, he of couldn't course do don't anything. Say anything. Yeah. yeah. But there's nothing he could do. So he kept their secret, and they drove by his house every single day to keep the threat alive. Wow. Yep. That's so... I don't blame him. I mean, he, I I get it, but I... He... Well, I don't blame him. I, for, I wouldn't know what to do either. Telling. Especially yeah. at 17, I wouldn't have done anything. It's no. terrible. He's like, I was just waving to be friendly. <laughs> now, mm. now you're suddenly implicated in this. Yeah. Yeah, so they circled his house every single day to just, like let the threat sink in he said he lived in fear he wouldn't even head out to his own barn without a shotgun like he was just living in fear i mean which i imagine which i can only imagine i can also imagine why it took him until he was like an adult Mm -hmm. to say something because hopefully those people are gone now yes so that's a great point and i'm gonna get to that actually um so two years later the brothers actually skipped town and they ended up settling in alaska But people back home, obviously, are still living with this unknown in this case. It's been almost 20 years. And meanwhile, Jason reads an article about the family, the Marin family, hiring PIs to help solve the case. And that's when he was like, okay, now's my time. They're still looking into this case. I got to come forward and tell them what I know. He said it was because now his mother had passed away, so he wasn't taking care of her anymore. And he, he said that their threat basically hung over him because he knew that they could target his mother. Mm. And now that she had passed away, he thought, well, I don't have to protect her anymore. I'm going to go forward and tell them, tell the police what I saw. Wow. Okay. So he asked for forgiveness from, uh, from the Marin's kids for waiting for so long to, to give this information. And they said, 
you did exactly. It was really sweet. the The son of uh, Dennis, the son of, and uh, the son of Minnie, yeah, cried in the interview and said, "You did exactly what I would have done to protect your family." So they don't Aww. blame him for a second for keeping that to himself for so long. They were like, "We would have." They're done probably the just exact grateful that thing. something happened. Mm-hmm. That- mm-hmm. Oh my exactly. god! Well, that's I, I'm glad that at least they're okay. Yeah, yeah. So I think he probably lived with a lot of guilt over that. Um, but they said we would have done the exact same thing. So weirdly enough, the Rife brothers actually had been on the original suspect list because a witness even saw them spending money after the murders, money that they didn't have. Oh. So they just never had enough to pin them down and pin this on them. But now they have an eyewitness in Jason. Yeah. So the, uh, at the time of the murders, the Rife brothers actually lived only a mile away from the Marin's house and they were known to be prone to violence. Mm. And now they had tried to disappear in Alaska and investigators said, well, we need more to kind of track them down and take them into custody. Okay. So they find an associate of the brothers named Dale Burris. And he had been too afraid also to share something that he'd done for Rick Rife before the killings. Oh, shit. Rick had asked him to purchase a shotgun from a sporting goods store in Lewis County and then give it to Rick. And so weeks later, Rick came back and returned it to him. And it was now a sawed off shotgun. And investigators were like, well, we've never revealed that information publicly. So this is probably a solid lead. Yeah. Also, yikes. I can't imagine being told like, hey, go buy this gun and then give it to me. And also, like, what do you do now? You're afraid like, oh, this guy could hurt me if I yeah, don't. Like, for sure. Obvious, obviously, he's implying he will hurt other people. people so genuinely why wouldn't he hurt afraid me? of this guy, of these brothers? Like people were so, so afraid of them um, because they were scary people. Also, like I, I go back on what I said earlier about how like, oh, you can just tell when someone's creepy with their malevolent eyes. And yeah. now like. It's like, I totally take that back. Now I feel like such an asshole. This is why I don't say things until Wait, I know no, the answer. no, that answers. was the guy at the car. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay. That was feel- him because they, they just said, oh, we saw a dude walking from the car in the mall parking lot holding something under a white sheet. Right, right, right. I, for and a second that, I thought it was the guy from earlier who was just looking for a job. And then I no, so no. <laughs> the description matched. I don't know about the malevolent eyes, but the curly hair and all that matched the drifter okay. guy. So they thought maybe it's him was not him but they thought it's has got to be another curly haired guy with creepy eyes and so that's this guy yeah Uh uh-huh i've I've been sitting on that for the last couple minutes being like oh (laughs) man i feel really guilty about that no no that was i mean that they saw the guy who had at least today it is it is it is it is real and right so yeah he was basically dumping the car filled with blood and walking away so yeah god yeah So Dale hid the gun in his parents' house because he had a feeling that it was used to kill the Marins. And eventually his stepdad found the gun, was like, what the fuck is this? Mm -hmm. And he's like, we can't, like, this is dangerous. It's so-and-so's. I think it was used in a killing. So his stepdad threw it off a bridge into the lake. Holy shit. So police were like, oh shit, well, let's go look in the lake. They dredged it multiple times but could never find the gun. Mm. So they were like, shit, we don't have the murder weapon, but they were able to convince Dale to testify in court. So now they have another witness here who's, okay. who's going to testify against the brothers. But they still felt like they needed more witnesses. So they took the black and white photos they had of the two brothers and they had them developed into color pictures. And when those were released, more people are suddenly starting to recognize them as the men they Oof. saw walking away from the Marin's car in the mall parking lot. So now there are multiple witnesses saying, oh, yeah, that's the guy with the creepy eyes that I saw walking Ugh. away from the parking lot. 
So pretty wildly, like twist of fate, uh, the day investigators finally got their warrant, Greg Reif died of complications from drug use and diabetes. Oh, shit. So he died that day. And the Marines always felt like he had escaped justice. I was going to say, I was like, that doesn't even feel good. How frustrating is that? Yeah. But detectives still had Rick to look for. So they traveled to the town of, get this, King Salmon, Alaska. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds delicious. Sounds wonderful. To search for Rick. So Rick said, LOL, never heard of him. Don't know anything about it. And they were like, "Mm, we don't believe you. (laughs) We don't believe you. And during the interview, they're sitting in his house and his phone starts ringing. And he says, I got to take this. And he's like, yeah, 12 chicken wings. He's literally ordered, ordering chicken wings in the middle of this police interview. What? And oh, now they're getting okay. pissed off. They're like, this guy doesn't even take this seriously. Like, clearly, if this were a real person who had nothing to do with the murders, he'd be, like, concerned or at least have some reason to try and, you know, convince us that he's not the one who did it. But no, this guy just instead says... I never heard of it. LOL. Okay. I'm ordering chicken wings now. And they're like this fucking guy. And they noticed. Go go, go ahead. All I was going to say is that they noticed that he was very cold, emotionless, had no concern whatsoever. And he had, he had very dead eyes. Boy, there it is. The eyes. Well, also I, yeah, it's, I feel like by trying not, by trying to act like you don't care, is just so much worse because like now you just yeah. look like a, a heartless maniacal person. Like yeah. now you look like someone who would it's do not this. normal to not care. Even if you didn't do it, like you'd yeah, still if be I concerned. F- if I found out someone died and I was a suspect, first of all, I'd at least show fear that I was like something yeah. put under the, under the light. And then I'd also be like, um, well, like, is everyone okay? Or like, Oh, this guy, like, Oh no, I don't know what's, what's going on. Like, but to not show any, curiosity at the very least is so odd just cold dead eyes like you just told on yourself yeah i feel like he just walked right into that and i guess he didn't seem to care because they just arrested him and charged him with two counts of first degree homicide plus burglary robbery and kidnapping and now this is where i tell you exactly what ended what actually happened so they finally got the true story of what happened at the trial So what happened was brothers Greg and Rick were driving down the road past the Marin's house, chatting about needing money for drugs. Mm -hmm. They just glanced over, saw Ed and Minnie's house and said, well, that's as good a place as any to steal from. So Rick went and asked the neighbor for gas while casing the house. Remember how the neighbor said, oh, some dude was here like asking me for gas. Yeah. And was like staring at the Marin's house. So that was Rick. He was casing the house. Rick and Greg then went into Ed and Minnie's house on the morning of the 19th, controlled them with the sawed-off shotgun while demanding cash. And when they were like, we don't have cash, they were like, well, then call the bank and tell them you're coming in to get cash. And that, like, freaks me out, too, because it means that there were a couple chances where he could have, like, alerted somebody, but he didn't want to hurt his wife. Yeah, well, the whole time, I mean, even when... The second you told me that he was, like, going to get cash and there was someone in the car, I was like, oh, he has to protect his wife. He feels like he can't. Isn't that horrible? Ugh. Like he, like you said, he's being held hostage and, like, he can't even do anything about it. Ugh. Just sick. It's terrible. So they get them into the car. They stayed in there with Mrs. Marin while he went in to get the cash. At some point, they moved Minnie to the front seat. And police believe that they shot her while the car was driving down the road. 
uh, and then shot Ed in the back. Jesus and Christ. killed both of them in the car, dragged them out, and then abandoned the car in the mall parking lot where several witnesses saw them walking away with their dead eyes away from the vehicle. Oh, man. So it's... Rick Reif, he was found guilty on all counts and was sentenced to 103 years in prison for the murders. Man. Yeah. That's terrible. How many years? 300? 300? 103. 103. Okay. Yeah. I mean... I guess that's good, but is it, it? I would still feel like that wasn't enough, considering that he still got to live his life for all these for two mm-hmm. decades, and his brother got didn't have to go to jail because mm-hmm. he died. Oh, mm-hmm. God, it's all it's really like, fucked up. And like at the very least, they said you know a weight was lifted off their shoulders now that they've solved the murder of their parents. But it's like you can only just be grateful for there's what only you've so got. much. Yeah, there's only so much, and so. You know, they're thankful for that. Um, but every time the holidays roll around and the Christmas party, you know, time, they just, it must just be extra hard. Mm. So anyway, that's why I decided to tell everyone on Christmas. You're welcome. Thank you so much. <laughs> I so really, welcome. so welcome. I didn't feel happy enough or sad enough or anything. I just needed to feel. So thank you. There was you a little that. too much joy. Everywhere. Thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you said it because I felt it. <laughs> okay, good. Oh, boy. boy. Well, yeah, I I at least appreciate that it was a, it's a story that has an answer to the end. I really, I like the the mysteries for like selfishly. So I I always think I'm going to be the one that solves it for some reason. But I really, at least to know that the family can yeah. sleep with an answer. At least we know. We it's know still it was just so. Did it. it just feels still like cruel and random. It's it just, does, especially because it just ended up being they happened to be driving by. It's like horrible. it's just a reminder that like you never know you just keep your well, eyes that's out like be when safe you were saying oh would you open the door for this horse skeleton i'm like i don't think so i don't think i'm ever yeah opening you're the, the door. worst person to ask that question to because <laughs> yeah, i don't think i'm ever opening the door ever again <laughs> fair point good enough uh, uh yeah i don't know i i feel like um it's just also since it is the holidays it's a good reminder that you know there are i don't know I feel like the holidays is a good time to remind people that people are in town. People like not so good people with not so good morals mm. are aware that people are not in their homes or not they are tra- all they're traveling or they're traveling and they're technically tourists. And so they might feel they might not know their way around as often. So just keep your eyes out, your eyes peeled, lock your doors, have security systems up if you're able to have those or do yeah. whatever you need but the holidays can be a scary time for people so yeah and like especially you know people are buying expensive things and keeping them in their cars or in their shopping bags or mm-hmm. you know basements garages just be just keep an eye out and not to scare you but you know if you get in the car lock the door right away don't sit there with your car unlocked you never yep. know just saying you never know you never know you never know and that's our christmas message <laughs> and that's why we drink <laughs> yeah that is why we drink great point <laughs> well uh if you are still interested in hearing from us and not hanging out with your family on this holiday or maybe you're a divorced kid like me and you were in the middle of driving between your parents homes great point um and you've got something to do you know maybe tune into uh patreon we've got an after chat for you and uh merry christmas hopefully everyone is uh having a, a good time and yeah it's not too stressful for everybody this year we love you all very much, and uh, we hope you are looking forward to our chaotic episode next week that comes out mm-hmm. in the new year. And that's why we drink. <laughs> At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car or a house. 
It's the four wheels that get you where you're going and the four walls that welcome you home. When you combine auto and home insurance with Amica, we'll help protect it all. And the more you cover, the more you can save. Amica. Empathy is our best policy.